What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Apartment 113 podcast, where we talk with cool folks in the cannabis and psychedelics industry to learn about their projects and celebrate their successes. My name is Rob Sanchez, and this is episode 42. We're joined today by the Chief Strategy Officer at Flow Gardens Indoor Cultivation, David Miller. Flow Gardens believes in cultivating health and happiness through premium quality cannabis. With their indoor R&D cultivation facility in East Tennessee, they're changing the perception of the plant by educating customers on the wellness benefits across the entire spectrum of cannabinoids. Find out more at flowgardens.com and enjoy the show. David, welcome to the show, man. It's good to have you. Hey, Rob. Thanks for uh, having me and making time. Happy to talk to you and obviously your your audience and listeners, too. Definitely, man. I'm looking forward to learning more about Flow Gardens and kind of about the cultivation scene in, in and around Tennessee and kind of the whole story over there, man. It looks like you guys have quite a range of cultivars you're growing. I love to see that variety. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a new new day every day in, in a very different way so uh love to chat with you about whatever you're interested in awesome man yeah and um, f- before we dig into um flow gardens and kind of the origins of the company how about a little bit about your background um history in and around cannabis um, have you been consuming for a while like some of our listeners or maybe new to the space like like a few of our other listeners and guests yeah i mean i i started Growing it whenever I was 15 in my room with the lava lamp flipped upside down. Oh, um, that's, that is awesome. No, well, Way to MacGyver it. <laughs> I imagine it didn't work too great. <laughs> no, it didn't, didn't turn out too well there. I, you know, I put eggshells on it, you know, thinking that the calcium could, could you know, quickly, uh, quickly convert. And it just, I did all things that, kinds of things wrong. But I'm not, I, you know, I wasn't an experienced grower. Grower obviously took a a hiatus other other than consuming it. I did it a little bit in high school, you know, some in college. And then I got into the small business space and the financial space for 20 years. Okay. What I, to, what I went to school for and, you know, working 60 plus hours a week, I, you know, I, I didn't do it for a while. Really? Anyway. And, on both ends. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, to to put it lightly, and that's really kind of what led me back to cannabis was, you know, I would, our company had done extremely well, gotten fastest growing financial company in the country in 2016-17, and it was around then, it was just like, you know, I'm not, I'm not having fun, you know, this is, you know, this is a grind, you know, and, you know, it was my baby, I built the company, right, and, um, you know, money was not solving the um you know the greater purpose so yeah, it only took me you know right. 15 20 years to figure that out i was like all right i'll go to college make <laughs> a lot of money and everything will be good so i hired a president took a step back rob and was like what do i want to do i thought about what was important to me and 
there's some situations in my, you know, with myself and my, my family and, you know, one of my really good friends passed away of cancer and, you know, cannabis was a big, uh, oh, man. big, big yeah. part of that. Um, so I just decided, you know what, I'm going to go in the cannabis space. So I went from being like the most neglected, don't talk to this person at a party in the financial space, you know, talking about <laughs> capital raising and all kinds of, you know, boring numbers stuff to, oh, this guy's in the cannabis space. We want to talk to him. And now, now it's the, now everybody wants to talk to me, but that's funny. Quite anyway. a change, quite a change in, uh, in conversation there, 180. And yeah. Or maybe some there's some similar threads there, obviously, with the f- importance of the financial understanding and like kind of the business aspect of cannabis is constantly changing. I imagine uh, I imagine it, there was some correlation there. Did you find it um, difficult to make that switch from a business leader or from you know working working day to day for the finance world to now relying on the natural process or on on plants themselves and building products? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think probably the, I mean, at the end, it's it's growing a business. It's starting nothing and creating something great out of it, building a building a an awesome team and where everybody's aligned and they have a clear purpose and vision of where we're going. So there there are tons of similarities, despite one being a service business and you know now in the cannabis space being a product based business, um, in the cultivation and retail B two C, um parts of the value chain, but yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was definitely an adjustment. Um, and you got in very early with flow gardens, right? You said that the build out was, um, kind of just getting started or was the facility already growing plants when you were, when you joined the team? Yeah, there were a couple, uh, I think there were one or two, uh, cultivation room. Mother room was definitely up and running. Maybe one or two cultivation rooms that were up and up and going or a founder had basically rolled up his sleeves and did everything, um, you know, with the help of a couple of people by himself, super, uh, creative and entrepreneurial spirits at guy, Eric Melzer. Um, but yeah, I joined on and it was, it was a natural fit. I was, I was that guy in the financial industry. You know, I would go to conferences and everybody would be wearing a suit and tie and I would have on, you know, my favorite sweatshirt. It's my Nutella sweatshirt, my hoodie you know, with a big thing of Nutella on it, the picture of it, and it says it across there. And everybody look at me and start laughing. Like they thought I was joking around. I'm like, like what? This is like my, this is my son's favorite sweatshirt. Like that's why I wear it. Or and like, God forbid I wore my like cartoon adventure time sweatshirt. Then people think I was on crack, but it so definitely gives you a, some freedom, huh? To really express yourself and kind of, uh, do what you want there a little bit, a little bit outside of the structure of the typical corporate realm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that's, that's kind of me, Rob. And, you know, being more of a contrarian, like being able to be able to just kind of, I don't want to say be a rebel, but, you know, go against the grain, especially in this industry. That's, I think, I think it, I think it's a good fit, but but yeah, what, yes. what, let's stop yeah. talking about boring me. What do you want to learn about uh, <laughs> our company? That's the interesting part. <laughs> no, yeah, it's good. It's good to hear the story and kind of learn the learn the background as well. You know, and and with the company, man, like we mentioned, there there's quite a range of flower you guys are growing. It's awesome to see it sorted out by the types um, on this on the shop. I think that's something the industry is um, is just starting to lean on a little more. In certain regions, you never 
here of types with a type one flower being high THCA, type two with a THC CBD balance. Um, was it always that way for Flow Gardens or did you guys start with a specific type of cannabis or a smaller range of, of products? Yeah, so that was that was kind of the blessing in, dis- in disguise and how the company was, was birthed and created is that, you know, our founder who's been growing it, he's 44, he's a couple years older than me, He's been growing it, you know, in the shadows, for lack of better words, for for 30 plus years. And um, I think it was in 2016, 17, when the farm bill is getting ready to roll out, um, if it hadn't already, he was smoking a one-to-one in in Colorado, uh, you know, a a type 2 part CBD, part THC. And he's like, this is the future, you know. And let's, let's do this. You know, the cannabis market doesn't even know about, you know, the one-to-ones for the most part. And I would say probably 99% of people don't. Um, still, still growing, right? Still kind of surprising people that, that you can find that combination of cannabinoids that you know, fall, within the, fall within the farm bill, right, with the THC limits well within, in some cases, looking at the lab results. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, that's it's kind of how it started, and that's we you know we couldn't grow, uh, you know, quote marijuana in uh, in Tennessee, so right. he he had to start with hemp. So he started with CBD, where the genetics were they're certainly a heck of a lot further along than they were ten years ago, but they're still not as strong as as the type one marijuana market. And, you know, over the past three plus years, the, our CBD genetics are one-to-one genetics. They're, they're night and day from, from what they used to be. So you can see the, you can see the evolution or smell the evolution as well. Huh? I imagine <laughs> on the, on the harvest days and in the flower rooms. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Nice. Yeah, is, sure. is there a, uh, is there a cultivar that's your favorite in the lineup right now or kind of one that you guys are the most proud of. I saw that you had several cup awards in the last few years. Is that off of a single strain or a specific variety? God, that's that's a great question. It's obviously like specific to each person for me. I I don't have the highest of tolerance. Um, I do use pretty frequently, but I I don't have a very high tolerance. So I really like a little goes a long way. Yeah, so I like I like a yeah. good one to one. What's our founder and myself, uh, for that matter, have been uh, using recently has been our Point Break times OZK, um, and that's that's nice. just, that's a newer in the mix or newer in the lineup for you guys. Yeah, yeah, it's called Butterberry on our site, and that's just you okay. know that CBD keeps you calm, level headed. Um, but the, you know, the THCA conversion to THC that, you know, that kind of gives you that, that good euphoric balance. So yeah, that, that looks probably excellent. my favorite right now. I know it's going to change it. He's got it's so rotating. many different, <laughs> yeah, he's got so many different phenos back there, man. Yeah. It looks like that. Awesome. So many different stuff. It's like, it's like walking, it's like Christmas every day when you walk in and figure out what you want to do. This is the new product. This is the new, uh, R and D work. <laughs> yeah, it's so like I grabbed this is some uh some James Loud, his his pink champagne that he gave us. Um, oh nice. Okay. So I'm, I'm that is a type one, but 
and I'm going to try that. And then Skittles, back cross with Skittles. So, I mean, there's there's so many different things. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. there's, there's how Dude, many games out there, seven, 800 that they've officially indexed, and we know there's a lot more. Hundreds and hundreds more with the f- different phenos buried in there and, and mutants along the way. Nice. Yeah, yeah look, I was just looking at the labs on that Butterberry, that Point Break OZK. That's That looks excellent with a like a heavy linalool, limonene, terpene representation. You know, anything testing over 10 milligrams per gram, any terpene, uh, that's where I start to kind of raise my eyebrows um, on the market, on, on products. Definitely gets good. And I saw that Bisabalol um, mm-hmm. was uh, actually rating pretty high on that, which is a rarer terpene in the in the the cannabis recreational kind of market you know in the um type one flower so i think in the one-to-ones you can probably find some terpene combinations that aren't very known um i even saw that there was a skunk berry i think that had like osamine dominance um that's super rare to find as well always cool to see yeah the skunk butter i don't I don't oh, skunk butter, the, yeah. I don't think the awesome means dominant, but it's but you're right. It's like it's prevalent in there and it's typically Higher, not in there. Nice. Yeah. yeah, no, I love to see that that variety and um the community in general trying to turn towards appreciating terpenes more in the product and not just looking at the yeah, what's the THC percentage? And I think Flow Gardens has jumped right to the right to the chase of that and just focus on the terpenes and the other cannabinoids. Um tossing the the THC percentage to the wind actually. <laughs> yeah. And you can actually, uh, on our site, you can filter the different, uh, phenotype by type one, two, three. You can also filter it by, um, terpenes. Yes. So, yeah. That's, so that's a good move for, for sure. I like to see that. So that way, if you know you're in for terpenaline, you can track it down and find that, find that sweet mango flavor. Looks like oh, you guys yeah. had some eraser. Eraser V, that's got all kinds of stuff in it. That's not only cannabinoids, but terps too. That's kind of got a minty flavor. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's not like super psychoactive, but definitely will will have have some because it's a one to one. But I, with yeah. uh, with all those terps and different cannabinoids, that entourage effect with that eraser V is amazing. I can imagine, yeah. The ter- I actually don't have a lot of experience with one-to-one flour or CBD-based flour. So after this conversation, I'm gonna have to do some digging on the shop and see what what we what we can try out. Could could you explain a little bit of the difference between like maybe what what most of the market is associating with a like a type one cannabis to a, a one-to-one? The effects there and sure, kind of the feelings. Yeah, that's that's a great question, and uh, just for your for your listeners, Rob, um, and your audience, one of the things that we are um, been working on for a while is have we have a resource center um, that we're you know not just going on Chat GPT and, and cranking out a bunch of content that <laughs> is like kind of halfway accurate. It's not really tailored. So we're, we're kind of, we're doing that and tailoring it to our situation and we're, we're going to have a lot of content out there to make sure that users know one, we're not only a farm that cares a heck of a lot about growing this plant, but, but more importantly, we want to educate, you know, the customers out there. And part of that to get to your question is, you know, what, what does one-to-one mean? What are the different types? It's, 
it's pretty simple um, being in the industry. Type 1 is THC only, or you could say THCA only. Um, so that is going to be, not only, it's going to be very heavy, so little presence of other cannabinoids like CBD. So that's what most people know is marijuana. You know, definitely right. High THC, yeah. Yep, yep, high THC, there you go. Sorry, it's the end of the day. You can, you can probably. <laughs> yeah, no, I see. And it's later for you over there than it is for me. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's, that's type one, de- psychoactive, high THC, low uh, CBD. Type two is a mix of CBD and THC. So it's going to have that psychoactive effect that uh, THC has, but it's also going to have that CBD effect it isn't psychoactive, but you still get like a head change or a body change and a mood shift that comes from it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, Rob. And that's, that is the biggest thing from a mental health and wellness perspective. I try and share with people, um, and how the, you know, medical, uh, dispensary market for, you know, this is kind of taking a little bit extreme, but it's kind of a farce in a way. Um, you know, I do believe THC is medicine, but, you know, if you look at all these medical dispensaries, they don't have the one-to-ones in there, you know, right. and you know, everybody's got a CBD different situation. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Rob. No, you're, oh, you were just saying that they don't have, they don't have that variety. Actually what they're offering medicinally, it's very strongly THC dominant. There, there are sometimes, you know, those two CBD products on the bottom of the menu uh, or some dispensaries that may lean into it more, but it's, it is not common. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things we really think, um, we're way, way, way ahead of the market, ahead of our time, which is fine. You know, it's our job to lead there. It's like, you know what, if you believe this plan is medicine, let's look at all the cannabinoids. Let's look at all the terpenes and let's give the customers an option to do it. And I get everybody's excited or a lot of people are excited because, you know, cannabis slash marijuana is legal now. But, you know, let's 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 take a look at, you know, a one to one that has THC and CBD. You know that there are people out there that CBD can help from, you know, a calming and mental health and, you know, inflammation standpoint. So mix that with some right. THC. You know? they, they may not need that full on, you know, more euphoric effect of a, of a THC dominant strain, or yeah. that might just be too much, you know, as you were saying, tolerances and, you know, set and setting, I mean, depending on folks consumption habits, uh, a puff can sometimes be too much on, on a, you know, a high THC strain. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Robin. It's, you know, it's not a, necessarily a knock on, uh, um, the medical dispensary arena. I know I kind of came at them a little hard, but at the oh, same right. time, it's... look at look at what the cynics are saying. They're saying like, oh, this marijuana market, you know, this is bad. It doesn't need to be legalized federally. It's, you know, there's all these, you know, devils, like all those old school mentality narratives that were out there, right? Yes. Um, reefer madness. Kind of blocking, the, against blocking the way, huh? Yeah, all that. Like, let's let's debunk all that nonsense and let people see the plant for what it is. And to do that, you can't just just sell. I don't necessarily like comparing alcohol and 
and marijuana, but it used to be prohibited as well. So it's like, let's just not drink moonshine, you know, let's, let's mix it up a little, let's lighten it down a little. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. It's just this intense focus on moonshine and the moonshine patient limits and moonshine legalization. And meanwhile, all the whiskey distillers are in the background, right? (laughs) Make it something that tastes amazing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good. It's I know it's always rough to compare the two spaces, but it is kind of analogous. It's good to 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 get a feel for the industries. I think as we see the as we see the markets mature, the consumers tend to follow with that in their education. And I think after THC percentage, right, it's on to terpenes and other cannabinoids, and that's where I think the doors open to start discovering hemp derived terpenes and hemp flower um, when it comes to the seeds and the cultivars i saw there are actually pretty rich lines of genetics of of high cbd cultivars throughout the states and maybe even outside of the u.s are there any that you guys partner with now or is everything made in-house at this point yeah we've done several collaborations um we're working on a collaboration now with capillator um, we're, uh, working with, uh, and our, our founder is not, not me. Um, we're working with, uh, high Alpine genetics, uh, who's, who's more, nice. obviously more, uh, CBD, uh, type two, type three focused and, and capped. But yeah, we got, we got tons of, tons of different crosses, tons of different experiments that we're working on. Yeah. You mentioned you had some R and D space there. Um, how's the grow split out? Um, you know, two or three flower rooms with veg and moms, um, or do you have a, a bigger space you can dedicate to R and D and really testing? Um, so we just, uh, uh incorporated, uh, about a 10,000 square. It's not fully built out, but, a 10,000 square foot, secondary 10,000 square foot facility. So Uh, now uh, our um, original facility, it's worked out beautifully because we were doing essentially all R and D here. Um, and you know, having to sell to our, you know, consumers, this beautiful flower that we're growing. So we're, you know, we couldn't have just one room that was all, um, you know, Bob or skunk butter or certain, certain cultivar, which does make it, um, would make it easier, but you know, we, anyway, so we, we were balancing that. And on top of that, we had three different hydro methods, RDWC, top trip, flood and drain. Um, yeah. In addition to our living soil in our, uh, six different rooms, we had one double tier room. We did some R and D there. There was a flop. Um, the, the, the double tier room was, um, not satisfied or didn't quite work with the equipment or the cultivars, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kind of almost everything there that you said. I haven't worked on a double tier grow. Uh, My experience in the grow was on a single tier tables. Um, but I imagine that that second tier is just not, it's not the greatest to work around and just and be with all day the way you have to when you cultivate. But I understand the space efficiency. The idea seems very good. Um, I still need to see it maybe in practice. Yeah. Maybe when there's some type of like 
AI robotics that can lollipop and defoliate on that level. <laughs> <laughs> Get but, up there for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the, the top actually yielded better than the bottom. You know, that was the crazy thing. And a, a lot of, I don't, air, is it air and airflow kind of thing then? Or? Yeah, we messed with that. We messed with the airflow by we, our, our founder, chief uh, grow officer, Eric did. Yeah. Um, mess with the airflow, the humidity, you know, there's, there's just so many more variable factors there when you, Creating when you have that kind of levels. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's not, it already takes a difficult science and art and, uh, adds a second layer literally. So the, yeah. the three, the three to four methods you have, you had at the time, do you still have all four of those or have yeah. you narrowed down the, the practices? Okay. Yeah, we do st- still have. Um, all four, uh, we're looking at a fifth, awesome. uh, aqua, aquaponics. We want to have uh, a little more structured approach to that since it is, um, kind of going, taking it to a different level with what that would be like deep water it. culture, uh, aquaponics, right. With just the roots in, uh, in the tank. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so RDWC, the deep water culture, you're right. We do have that, but we want to go to aquaponics where we're actually using, excuse my language, fish shit. Um, naturally, like literally de- naturally derived. So you yeah. actually have fish in the tanks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're, awesome. So we're working on that. It's not, not rolled out yet. It could be, could be a couple years. It could be a couple months. A lot of, a lot of moving parts there, but. Cool. Have yeah, you seen that certain have- strains are, or, or sorry, have you seen out that certain strains thrive in, in the different in the different rooms or are they kind of all grown in all of them? So, um, they grow vastly different, um, in our living soil, uh, versus our, uh, hydroponic and specifically RDWC room. Um, the smells that I feel like the turf levels, um, are stronger in the living soil. Um, uh, but the cannabinoid levels are, are higher, um, in the DWC and top drip and, and flood drain, all the, all the hydro methods. Interesting. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, for real. The, that, that kind of matches the research that there was some recent research on indoor versus outdoor, um, that ended up finding that, um, THC or sorry, terpenes were higher outdoor than indoors and that THCA was higher with indoor flower than outdoor. They were comparing a true outdoor with living soil and sun, but maybe with just part of that equation, that's what you guys are, are seeing too, right? With that living soil. And that's, uh, that's gotta be fun to keep going. Do you have, uh, are they huge bins of soil then that you guys turn and, and keep throughout or supplement with? Yeah, they're long troughs. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's four long troughs in, in our uh, in our rooms, and yeah, we're like whenever we harvest, we just we cut the plant and we leave the roots in there and just you know let it let it decompose. Obviously, we have beneficial bugs and you know teas that we put in there. All compost organic. teas and worm castings. Yep. Yep. Oh, nice. Exactly. Man, that's that's done right. I imagine that the terps are really strong off that room. I. <laughs> If we record an episode two on site, man, we should record it in there. <laughs> hey, welcome, welcome to come here. We're we're in East Tennessee in a remote area. A lot of people can't make the trip, but if hey, you want to do yeah. something, we're all about it. 
So yeah, and in East Tennessee, right? How what is the cannabis industry like, or how is the hemp derived cannabinoid industry in Tennessee right now? Um, are you guys finding it a competitive space, or are you new to the market there and and like pushing this education? I guess um, how's the rollout been in state versus like online with your wholesaling and other product sales? Yeah, I think. Uh the the market that we're we're in right now is we're we're fighting with a lot of we're in a market where there's not a lot of regulation compared to um you know the marijuana market not as tightly so, compliant or held to anything in there exactly so there's not a lot of players um at this moment in the THCA and the the CBD um, hemp market. You know, a lot of the players are brokers. A lot of your online stores, they're just brokering flowers. That's one of the things we tout on our website. We are the farm. Um, right. Actually, the source of it, you've, you guys have seen it, right, and have the soil to tell the story. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, that's a legitimate concern, right? It's, you know, there wasn't fentanyl in, in weed whenever I was in high school, or at least... I didn't know about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, heard some of those. Now it's like, how do we know this? If there, you have a broker that's just pushing flour, he's moving weight at the end of the day, if he's not there looking at the harvest, I'm not saying that, you know, the cartel's trying to put fentanyl and distribute to brokers out there and not to buy their flour. But it's to me, it's a it's legitimate an unknown. concern. Yeah. And I saw that you guys list the COA with, with the products. I think that's, that's awesome to see as well. Just as a, as a kind of sewer minded consumer, I love to see that lineup of the, the Terps, like the, all the cannabinoid breakdown. Um, pretty great. Looks like, um, the lab system is, is well integrated for you guys. How is that process working with the lab? Are there in-state hemp labs or is that out of state cannabinoid testing? Yep. So we're, you know, we got to follow a pretty strict compliance process when it comes to the department of ag and getting our lab certifications for all our cultivars on a, on a batch by, by batch basis. I see. Um, okay. So, so the, there's similar plant tracking then for, um, for hemp and for the farm bill to the, mm -hmm. the THC or the marijuana industry with plant tracking, um, plant tags, harvest batch IDs, all that fun stuff to see your way through to the finished products. Uh, yeah, I, well, yes and no. Yes. in that there is, uh, a plant tracking system. I would say it's more from seed to harvest, uh, or seed to cure, if you will, as opposed to seed to sale or clone to sale, whatever, whatever method you're, you're using. It's really in that early in that manufacturing stage where you're the agricultural stage where you're tracking. Yeah, exactly. Just to make sure that the cannabinoid levels are compliant and um, and, and all that, given the, the rules with the Department of Ag. Right, right. Yeah, got to stay in line there and jump through the hoops. <laughs> so so what's next for Flow Gardens? Um, any conferences, events, or um, projects? Anything, anything great cooking back in that R&D room? You know, our, yeah, we, we got tons of stuff cooking back there. <laughs> And my, my focus over the next, I would say at least year, if not more, is just 
consumer education on the one-to-one -one market. You know, I was, Rob, I was impressed that you even knew what type one, two, three, and four was. I know you looked at our website, hey. but I could tell in your voice, you like, you had a pretty clear understanding of it because like even people that are in the marijuana industry, like they, a lot of them don't understand that. So like last year I was at Benzinga's, uh, cannabis and psychedelics conference and, you know, so yeah. I, I spoke about the one-to-ones on, on a panel in front of a group of people. And the fact of the matter is I, we just got to keep doing that as a company. So people understand the beauty of this plant and, and that's the plan. <laughs> right. Right. Sharing the, sharing the knowledge and, uh, and spreading that. I think it's a, it's easier said than done, but it, that's what it takes, man. That constant effort and kind of rolling it out and yeah, shout out to, to the Ganjie program. I went through there as, uh, and became a certified Ganjie. And I think in one of the lessons they went through those types and really broke it down. And, um, they're trying to push some of that knowledge as well. Tell, tell me about that. Is that, uh, the Ganjie program? Uh, yeah. So the, the, the Ganjie council is a group of, uh, like legacy growers, scientists, uh, and cannabis advocates that have come together to make a program to uh, essentially promote uh, cannabis connoisseurship and education. So folks can sign up to become a, a certified Ganjier. And in doing that, you go through some online training, um, some, some required reading, and you have to actually take a written test on that. And that's based on like cannabis history, um, different kind of cannabis consumption um, cultivar types. And then they've developed a system to rate and review cannabis flower based on the appearance, flavor, um, aroma, and experience. So you so, go through and do kind of a live tasting and learn how to try to discern those smells, like kind of describe a good product versus maybe not so good one or discern what may be the best across a range. I knew, I knew we had a connection and, um, I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell you why real quick. Uh, I don't know. Are we okay on time right now, Rob? Yeah. All good there. Okay. Um, so your word is more catchy and that resonates more. <laughs> what I'm a, I don't know the correct vernacular, but certified interpreter, you know, uh, expert yes. at terpenes, which is a connoisseur of the cannabis plant. I think the gentleman's name that started the organization was max maybe max something but very yeah. simple i want to take that class next oils, year you um you gotta take a test on bud structure you know everything from cannabis history like you said to botrytis to pm to you know identifying the terpene smells like it's Right. So yeah, really I'm, I'm, I'm a cannabis, cannabis connoisseur. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, no, good to, it's good to cross paths then, right? Uh, it's those different terpenes are wild to try to uh, really put a name on. Um, it's, you know, you can, you can tell it's citrus, but then like what kind of citrus, you know, or yeah. where, like, is it citral? Is it, is it limonene? Is it? Exactly. Yeah, I'll, it's yeah. difficult, man. And, and it's so objective as well. It's kind of fun to talk about and um, break down a flower with, with folks too, you know, like I smell, I'm telling you, I smell this, you know, try to argue your case. <laughs> but, um, the, I, the, I cool, think the coolest thing that I learned in the interpreter course, um, was about the olfactory nerves and this, you know, your, your smelling nerves. And whenever you're smelling an indica dominant plant, um, it, the olfactory, like the nerves actually kind of here in your mouth and directly back, 
you can like kind of sense the smell this way, but when you're smelling a, a sativa um, or a narrow leaf plant as opposed compared yeah. to the indica broadleaf, you can you can uh, feel the olfactory nerves and the senses up here more. A little more so, centrally and higher in the head. Exactly. You know, which mm-hmm. like kind of answers a lot of questions about why sativa is more cerebral. Yeah, that. some of those so effects you, too. <laughs> yeah, so if you didn't already know that, Rob, then, you know, um, next time you're you're smelling a pretty strong sativa, strawberry cough or whatever it might be, yeah, pay attention to those olfactory nerves that go right here and uh, uh, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. For the for listeners, the, the the nerves he's explaining on the sativa side are kind of running alongside the nose, like down from the eye and kind of up to the center of the forehead. And then the indica would be like in the mouth and jaw and kind of like back to the ears. I'll, I'll definitely have to try a blind test and, and see, see if I can tell the difference. I think the other thing I really took away from the course is uh, was more of a, um, I think more of a critical look at the effects of, of cannabis too, like of, of the high, like in trying to tell one high from another and kind of the differences in like the onset and the decline and maybe like how long you're at a peak feeling there. I think it was easy, or I guess before it's just kind of consuming, you know, treating therapeutically, recreationally, medically or otherwise, but you don't really think all the time about one feeling versus the next. I think that's where that entourage effect starts to come. And um, kind of where one-to-one flower and being able to have CBD with a full entourage effect of terpenes is uh, pretty intriguing. I have, I will say I don't uh, some of I haven't tried too many CBD products like tinctures and and pills and things like that. Maybe because it's lacking that kind of uh, that flavor, man. You know. <laughs> yeah, and that, that whole kind of holistic approach. Right. Right. Uh, that being said, I am I have been trying a like a sleep tincture uh, with CBD from Polar Gold Extracts, and um, I could definitely tell I could definitely tell the nights I have that one. <laughs> really? So but, do you? And I'm just kind of curious. Uh, do you know of any um, quality solventless tinctures, or is that just something that's not on the market. I've always wondered that. Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. The huh. solventless market is uh extremely intriguing. Now, I'm happy to see that uh, resurgence in solventless in most markets, especially as they mature, you know, people want those terpenes and they want to have something natural, right? And clean. So you you've made bubble hash quite a bit for a little while. Yeah, I was and I was learning from forums at that time, man. There was not an industry yet. It was about 10 years ago in Denver. Yeah, we're starting to dabble in the extract space very lightly, but you know, we're, you know, we're so small and and growing so fast. We're kind of we want to take things brick by brick, but the the extracts, whether it's solvent with BHO or CO2 or those solventless processes, it's it's something I'm not wildly familiar with um but you know i'm looking forward to learn a lot more about it definitely man i'm uh, that would be interesting as well to see some concentrates uh from the flower you guys are growing right and um see some dabables that's always yeah. fun <laughs> see you guys awesome david well thank you man for jumping on the show today um where can our listeners learn more about flow gardens and um, connect with you 
Yeah, uh, flowgardens.com. Uh, that's our website. Like I said, it, for, from a learning and education perspective, just be patient with us here in the, in the coming months. We're going to have some great content up there for people to really understand the different types of flower, really understand all things cannabis, whether it's cultural, whether it's science-based, whether it's cultivation, um, education on how to do that if people want to kind of grow on their own. Um, you know, we'll give you real information that means something. It's just not another brochure. So, but yeah, check us out at flowgardens.com and um, you can uh, find us there. Hey, awesome, man. Thanks for hopping on and I'll put a link here in the show notes. Yeah, thank you so much, Rob. We, uh, we appreciate you having us on and Thank you for listening to the Apartment 113 podcast. For more information about the show, along with our services and courses, visit apt113.com. We offer cannabis software product management, cannabis education courses, and freelance writing. With over a decade of experience in the cannabis industry, Apartment 113 is here to help.